Thank you for joining us today on The Christian Working Woman. I'm Julie Bastide, and we are pleased to have Deb Gorton join us today. Deb is a clinical psychologist, and she serves as director of Moody Theological Seminary's Master's in Clinical Mental Health Counseling program, as well as Moody's Counseling Center. Welcome, Deb. We're so glad you're here. What what are you talking to us about today? I'm actually going to talk about stewardship, but more importantly, how stewardship can empower us to lead uh, out of a sense of our true calling and worth. Oh, wow. That sounds great. Well, we're excited to hear what you have to say. All yours. So I'm here today to talk about stewardship and in particular, how we steward our choices. And the reason I want to talk about this is because I think when we think about how we steward our choices, it actually empowers us as leaders in whatever capacity you're leading to lead out of a God-given sense of self-worth. Now, you know, I think about the church, and the church loves to talk about stewardship. We hear messages on how we steward our finances, how we steward our time, how we steward our resources, and these are really important things. But I can't tell you the last time, if ever— I heard a sermon on stewarding our choices. So if you stick with me over the next couple of minutes, what I want to explain is that this choice to function consistently out of a biblically defined understanding of our self-worth, particularly as it relates to our role as leaders, can have a profound impact on how we view and use our emotions how we navigate boundaries, and it can actually enhance our ability for valuable risk-taking. But let's stop and think about this for a minute, because let's be honest, you know, choices stress us out, because we face choices every day. I started off the day with, what am I going to wear today? What am I going to look like when I head into my meetings? And then I started thinking about, what am I going to eat for breakfast? And some of you were probably thinking about, what am I going to feed my kids for breakfast or my spouse? And then I started thinking about, okay, what tasks do I have to focus on at work today? Because definitely there's no way I'm getting everything on my to-do list done. And then I started thinking about, oh gosh, I know we've got performance improvement plans coming up. So um, do I need to let this person know what their outcome is going to be today? How's that going to make them feel? How's that going to make me feel? But I'm also a psychologist, and so I have clients that come into my office and they're wrestling with even bigger choices, things like, Should I stay in my marriage today, even though my husband was selfish and cheated and doesn't act like he wants to be married anymore? Or perhaps you're faced with a choice that says, do I follow this doctor's suggestion or do I get a second opinion? Choices are all around us. And the reality is, for me, a huge part of my career is focused on helping people who get stuck in those choices. They're dealing with the consequence of perhaps past choices, or they're paralyzed with fear over future choices. And, you know, I I think back to uh, the fall in Genesis and, uh, you know, the whole entire narrative of, honestly, the Old Testament, going from the beginning of creation and how God designed us uh, to be gifted with the ability given to no other element of creation, and that's the ability to choose. And what did we do? kind of messed it up. And the consequence to that today is that I really think our daily choices, the things that you have to choose and I have to choose, they leave us feeling pretty up in the air. We're not grounded. And, you know, I think it is because just like Adam and Eve did, we're trying to build roots on choices that are pretty fleeting. Adam and Eve wanted to root themselves in the choice of knowledge instead of the truth of who they were in Christ, which was perfect image bearers. 
you know, we miss this practice of navigating our lives from a launching point of the choice, the one choice that really truly matters. And that's what is going to ground us in the midst of everything when, when everything around us feels like chaos. And that's that piece I'm talking about, the choice to fully embrace and act out of a true definition of our self-worth. So I'm going to go back to the question I asked in the beginning, how do you steward your choices? And it's a big question we have to ask ourselves. How do I steward my choice? Because when we don't do that, so often we function from a place of trying to please other people, to serve, and to maybe sacrifice out of fear of being cast out, not included. And unfortunately, we oftentimes then find our lives in chaos. So if you're in that circumstance, you might be asking yourself, well, how do I remain grounded when, you know, my choices around me don't have me feeling too confident? Perhaps I'm feeling uncertain, incapable, uncomfortable, and I don't feel very grounded at all. But the reality is God has given us a choice. We can steward our choice because we all have that choice. In fact, my students hear this from me every semester. When they come to my first class, I'll say this. Hey, there's going to be a part in this semester, a point in time where you forget an assignment or something happens in your life or you didn't plan very well. And you're going to be tempted to come to me and you're going to want to say these these few words. You're going to want to say, but I didn't have a choice. That is my biggest pet peeve. Now, if this is you, if you're listening and you say this, don't worry, I still love you. But I do think it's helpful for you to recognize and reorient to the reality that we always have a choice. Now, let me clarify that. We may not have chosen our current circumstances. You may not choose the status of your relationship or lack thereof. You may not choose the reactions of others to your current leadership choices. You may not choose how other people's sin splashes onto you or more so how your sin splashes onto others. But we always have the option to choose how we respond. I love what it says in Proverbs 16, 9. It says, the heart of a man plans his ways but the Lord establishes his steps. I'm going to change it to the DGV spin, which says this, the heart of a woman plans her ways, but the Lord establishes her steps because God is speaking to the totality of his creation. All right, so let's go back to this idea of being grounded because here's the secret if you're still with me. Are you ready for it? Being grounded is nothing more, nothing less than a discipline of choice. It's a discipline to choose grounding ourselves in a biblically informed decision of our self-worth over what perhaps my emotions might dictate. It's a discipline to say, I am worthy because I'm a daughter of the king, period. I am made in his image, and that makes all the difference. Here's the reality. Way too often, we're waiting for heart knowledge to align with head knowledge. We say, whether it's conscious or unconscious, when I get to this point, when I overcome these circumstances, when I get out of this situation or jump over this hurdle, when I find this all-encompassing balance that constantly seems just out of reach, then I'll be grounded. We keep telling ourselves we're going to be grounded when we feel grounded. And that is a lie. 
You know why? Because we are basing our truth, our reality, on a feeling. Now, I want you to hear me out. I am not saying feelings are bad, and I'm also not saying feelings are wrong. I'm, I'm in the business of feelings, so no feeling is bad and no feeling is wrong. But those feelings can easily mislead us if we don't hold them in the context of truth. Let me give you an example. How often have you allowed these words to creep into your life? Instead of saying, I feel anxious, it becomes, I am anxious. Instead of, I feel lonely, you say, I am lonely. Or maybe it's this one, I feel inadequate becomes, I am inadequate. Or probably one of the harder ones to wrestle with is, instead of, I feel ashamed, I am ashamed. You see, without the discipline of choosing truth, our emotions so quickly become our identity. You know, I want you to think back to grade school. Probably like me, you had to choose a language and at least take one or two years of French or Spanish or something else. Well, I chose French. I don't speak a lick of French today, but I do remember my first day of French class where we spent the entire time conjugating the I am, you are, he is, she is verbs, right? And we do that with our feelings. Instead of saying, I feel, we say, I am. And it becomes our identity. It becomes the ground on which we stand. And then what we're rooted on is nothing more than quicksand. But like I said, we can be grounded today, right here, right now, whether it's a tough and lonely decision or things are working well and you are excited because we are grounded as Paul challenged us in Colossians 2, 6 through 7. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. I want to repeat those words. Paul says you have been firmly rooted. It's a done deal. Everything else from here on up is the building up part. And yes, the building up part is hard. And that is where our emotions can so easily cloud our ability to see and experience truth. Think about it. Maybe you're navigating something really difficult right now and you feel angry. You maybe feel disappointed. Maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you're questioning yourself and you feel anxious about your abilities. Maybe you're saying these words, I'm afraid I'm a failure. And what you're actually doing in that moment is you're filtering your worth through the lens of someone else's approval, someone else's expectations of you. And perhaps that's leaving you feeling inadequate or incapable. And then you start to check your emotions against your present circumstances, and they become this self-fulfilling prophecy. Others are disappointed in me, so I must be a disappointment. I can't do this. But here's the thing. God's word says we're worthy even when we feel unworthy. God's word says we're worthy even when we feel unworthy. I am a daughter of the king, fully worthy because I'm made in his image and called to reflect that daily. I can feel anxious, but that does not define me. Therefore, I'm not going to behave in an anxious manner. Anxiety motivates me to question everything around me, including my certainty and worth in Christ. But the truth of his word says I can stand firm. If I'm feeling afraid, my motivation might be to retreat and withdraw. But certainty in my worth in Christ says engage, pursue. My anger might say attack, but certainty in my worth in Christ says listen to understand and not react. Because we have nothing to lose 
To live is Christ and to die is gain. And that allows us to take some adventurous and valuable risks. So I would argue that our call is to choose to walk in him every day. Put one foot in front of the other. Life feels chaotic. Validate those emotions because those feelings are never wrong. I'm feeling overwhelmed and that's understandable. But enclose those emotions in truth. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. This risk is terrifying because it means that I'm putting everything, my career, my family, my flourishing, my my failing on the table. I'm putting it all on the line. But that is not my identity or my worth. My identity is in the maker of the heavens and the earth, the one who made me and each one of you in his image. The Lord has blessed us. The Lord has blessed us with the Sabbath to rest. The Lord has blessed us with the ability to make boundaries. And the Lord has blessed us with solid ground to stand on. As Joshua says in 2417, choose this day who you will serve. Being grounded in the truth that our whole worth starts and stops in being the image bearer of God means that when we are afflicted in every way, we are not crushed. We might be perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. So I pray that like me, you can hold on to the choice to step out and leave with courage and boldness in the true identity of who God created you to be. Thank you, Deb, so much for challenging us today. If you want to share this message with someone else or hear it again, you can find it on our website at christianworkingwoman.org. Well, are you looking for information on how to stay up to date with us on a regular basis? Connect with us on social media. The Christian Working Woman provides biblical and inspirational messages directly to your social media feeds. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. We look forward to connecting with you there. Another way to connect with us is through our monthly e-newsletters. All you need to do is sign up to receive it in your inbox. Just visit christianworkingwoman.org to stay connected. Well, thanks for joining us today. I'm Julie Busteed and look forward to being with you next week for The Christian Working Woman with Mary Lohman. Mm -hmm.